0: Hi there, welcome to a new episode of Stories That Made Us. This week, we look at the creation myths of the Chinese. Specifically, we recount the myth of Pangu, who is widely considered to be the creator of the universe, and the tales of Fuxi and Nu Hua, the progenitor deities who are credited with bringing to life the humans and animals now before we begin with the tales it is important to note that these chinese stories have been told orally for generations before being transcribed to tones the stories originated from one or the other ancient tribes or geographical regions and eventually spread as they increased in popularity as the stories moved from one region to another More plots and subplots were added to the original myth. Moreover, changes were made to connect the stories to a specific region or a tribe's pre-existing beliefs. Thus, we end up with contradictions in the myths from one region or tribe to another. Nevertheless, in this episode, we will stick to, as much as possible, the stories that are widely circulated today. The first is the myth of Bangu. Now the earliest mentions of him as a creator deity exists in the texts that date back to the 2nd century AD. Bangu is supposed to be the local god of the southern part of China and modern-day Vietnam, especially worshipped among the Bui or the Bui Tzu peoples. The deity, at least in ancient times, was not a very important hero. He was, however, thrust into the limelight by the prevalent religious and moral beliefs. The Taoists regarded Pangu as the most ancient deity and one of the creators of their philosophy of life. Buddhists too added their take to the myth of Pangu and explained how the deity created order and natural laws as per the wishes of the Buddha. So without further ado, let's begin with the first tale of the episode, The Legend of Bangu. The universe in the very beginning was in a state of utter chaos. Galaxies, stars, planets and moons did not yet exist. Space back then was nothing but darkness. This is how everything existed for a very long time. Now while the universe seemed to be an empty and barren void, it was governed by the two all-pervading but opposing forces of nature. These forces are the yin and the yang, darkness and light, negative and positive. These two forces depict the duality in nature, The two opposite and contrary forces, in this duality, come together to complement one another. Their confluence creates laws that dictate all matter and forms. Now when the yin and yang came together, and where the two forces interacted, there formed an egg. This egg was tiny but within it were all the elements that make up the entire universe. It was the only form in this dark and chaotic cosmos. After a long time, the egg hatched, accompanied by a massive release of energy as radiant light and immense heat. This freed all the gases and the constituent elements of the universe into the erstwhile barren space. From this egg came Pangu, who emerged as fully formed. He had the body of a human, except for two horns or bumps on his head. Pangu is thus said to be the ancestor of heaven and earth. His existence predated all the realms of the universe. He is known as the creator of all, be they animate or inanimate. The word Pangu is a confluence of two words, Pan meaning the shell of an egg and Gu meaning to solidify. He is named so for Pangu was hatched from the egg that was formed of chaos and was tasked to solidify all the components of the universe into the realms of earth and sky. In the beginning, The founding elements of nature, that is water, earth, gases and minerals, were all intermingled in chaos, after they emerged from the egg. Pangu first separated the lighter components from the heavier. With the lighter elements, he chose to fashion the sky and heaven. The heavier elements meanwhile, became the earth and water. This is why Pangu is sometimes depicted as holding a chisel and a hammer for with them he separated the lighter and the heavier masses. After Pangu separated the elements, he noticed that there was no space between heaven and earth. Afraid that he would be trapped in between, he decided to separate the two realms. This space in the middle is where all creation and life would exist. He pushed the lighter elements upward while forcing the heavier ones down. Slowly but surely, the sky was pushed apart from the earth. The progress was slow, and it took 18,000 years for Pangu to fully separate the heaven from the earth. Each day, Pangu grew three feet taller, and the sky rose with him. The Earth, meanwhile, grew thicker, contracting by ten feet per day to bear Pangu's enhanced stature and weight. After 18,000 years, when Pangu judged the sky to be sufficiently farther from the Earth, he deemed his work complete. Some suggest that Pangu segregated and pushed the heaven and the earth by himself. Others believe he was helped in this endeavor by the turtle, dragon, phoenix, and the unicorn. Nevertheless, after the deity was done, Pangu looked around and was happy. But he was utterly tired. The exertion had taken a toll on his physical body. He thus lay down to rest upon the surface of the newly formed earth. But alas, Pangu would never awaken, for the great creator of the universe had succumbed to his tiredness. Magically, the last breath that escaped him turned to the clouds that covered the sky, while the air in his lungs became the winds that blow on earth. His voice is the sound of the mighty thunder. From his limbs were fashioned the four pillars of the four quadrants that fastened the sky above the earth. Water, streams, rivers and seas are all manifestations of Pangu's blood. His arteries turned to ravines and canyons and his flesh became the fertile life giving soil that sustains our world. From his beard appeared the constellations that shine each night. His skin and hair formed the grasses and trees that covered the soil. The mountain ranges are but his spine and his teeth and bones transformed into the rocks, metals and precious stones that are buried under the earth. His sweat became the rain. This is how Pangu, after creating the heaven and the earth, formed our world. All features that we see today are made of Pangu's body and blood. Humans and all forms of life are sustained by nature which is nothing but Pangu's carcass. Living beings, it is said, emerged from the insects that crawled upon Pangu's dead body, finding sustenance from him. Thus, as the great creator of the universe died, his body turned to a biome of diverse life. He sacrificed himself for nature to blossom. Pangu's sacrifice fitted very well with the Taoist philosophy of our proximity to nature and to the natural way of life. After all, we are a result of Pangu's great sacrifice. It is therefore our prerogative to live and be as close to nature as possible. We should be ever grateful to Pangu for our existence, for the food we eat, the air we breathe, and the life we lead. This is why we should follow the natural laws and be at peace and harmony with nature. The world is nothing but Pangu, the deity that emerged from the confluence of yin and yang, the deity that provided order to a universe of chaos. The Buddhist theism added an interesting epilogue to the tale of Pangu. It is said that after Pangu had made our earth, he rested. But the creator deity had not yet set a course for the sun and the moon. The two luminescent bodies had thus left the firmament and rested under the Han River. The earth was thus continuously dark. This did not sit well with Shu Lai, the divine terrestrial ruler and the lord of all beings. After much thought, he sent his minister, the lord of terrestrial time, to the Han river. He was to request the sun and the moon to go back to the earth and take their respective places as the deities of day and night. The sun and the moon, however, refused. When the minister reported back to Zhulai, the king was upset. He prayed and meditated to the Buddha for guidance and pleaded with the Lord to bring the sun and the moon to the sky. The Buddha, finding merit in Zhulai's request, tasked Pangu to bring the two deities out of water and up into heaven. The Buddha wrote the sun's name in Pangu's left palm and the moon's in his right. Once the deity arrived at the river, he reached out with his left arm first and called forth the sun. The writing on his palm shone brightly as the sun was drawn to his hand. He then did the same with the moon. Pangu then recited a chant seven times and with each recitation, the sun and the moon reached higher into the sky. By the end of the seventh recitation, they were placed where we see them today. That concludes the story of Pangu. The next is the legend of Fu Shi and Nu Wa. Now, these two deities are not the creators of the universe by the time they were born the universe and the earth had already existed they are however credited with the creation of humanity now Fuxi plays an important part in the chinese tradition beyond his role as a co-creator he is represented as an ideal ruler and a great sage also known as mi Shi or bao Shi. He is one of the Three Sovereigns and Five Emperors of China. These venerated legends are the cultural heroes who revolutionized the lives of Chinese by bringing scientific innovation and cultural wisdom. Fuxi is customarily pictured as a man of great sagacity. According to the stories, he lived for 197 years. In most legends, he plays a lesser role in the creation of humanity than Nuwa, but is credited with many important inventions. The system of writing, the Chinese currency, the ideas of rituals, spirit, and ancestor worship, along with many other traditions could be attributed to Fuxi, he taught the people how to live an honourable and a good life, which, to the ancient folks of this civilization, was no less a feat than bringing humanity to life. Nu meanwhile, plays a more central role in our creation, and thus features more heavily in the tale. According to some legends, she is the wife of Fu while others portray her as the sister. In some stories, she creates the first men and women directly. In others, she makes our ancestors out of either wood or yellow clay. In our story, we stick to the belief that the two deities were married and made mankind out of clay after the blessings of the gods. So then, Let's begin with the tale of the two progenitor deities, Fuxi and Nuwa. Much like the story of Pangu, the world in the beginning was a void. There existed only the unstable and restless energy called Chaos, or One Chi. This was the all-pervading energy in the cosmos. The universe was in a state of constant discord and it remained so for a very long time. By and by, the forces of one Chi turned to the two opposing flows or streams of energy, the yin and the yang. As the two streams flowed and mixed, they glowed and formed the elemental colors. When the yin and the yang collided and turned red, it signified fire. Where the forces sparkled yellow, The energies formed the earth. The color blue was wood, while white and black were metal and water respectively. Now as the opposing energies bombarded each other, they generated massive forces. The universe shook as everything was in a state of constant flux. The yin and the yang continued colliding merging and swirling faster and faster it all came to a crescendo when this confluence of energies resulted in a fierce explosion from this explosion emerged mass in the form of gases and dust now in the beginning all mass was intermingled slowly and over many millennia They separated. Some of the lighter particles formed the sky. The heavier elements coalesced to form the earth and water. As the universe got older, the mass stabilized. But the yin and the yang continued to swarm and pervade all space and matter. They are a part of our life energy and exhibit themselves as creative and destructive forces of nature. Now in the core around which the two streams of opposing energy swarmed, a giant egg was formed. In time, this egg burst open, and from it emerged two human-like forms. They were the first deities of the earth, Fuxi and Nuwa. Both of them had a face and an upper body of a human, but the lower body resembled that of a snake. They were to be the creators of all life upon Earth. Now Fushi had dragon-like horns on his head and eyes as round as the sun. Nuwa, meanwhile, had fine eyebrows and eyes that slanted upwards like the crescent moon. When the two deities of earth were born, they were welcomed by all the gods of heaven. Xie, the sun goddess, escorted by her ten sons, arrived in a chariot drawn by six half dragon and half horse beasts. Changxi, the goddess of the moon, was escorted by her divine maids as she came to pay her regards. Present were the gods of wind, rain, and thunder. The god of wind then blew a gentle breeze upon the earth. The rain god made the clouds gather and cause rain to fall. Then the deities in charge of thunder, lightning, fog, and frost all came together to join in the celebration. Countless spirits danced in the auspicious light, that the sun goddess provided. All deities of heaven joined in the celebration, hailing the emergence of the first deities of earth. The two spirits, urged by the gods, then descended upon the legendary Kunlun mountain. There, they were surrounded by pristine water. There blew a gentle breeze and sunlight turned the snow-white summit to sparkling gold. This is how Fuxi and Nuwa came to the Earth. The two descended from the mountain and were happy to experience the bountiful beauties of nature. They had no needs or wants and lived a peaceful life. But neither had lost sight of their true purpose to bring life upon earth. But before they could begin with their holy task, the deities wished to marry. To this end, Fuxi and Nuwa climbed back to the summit of the Kunlun mountain, the very same from where they had descended upon earth. There, they lit two separate fires and began chanting to the gods. Fuxi crafted the seer, a 50-string instrument from a phoenix tree. He then gently played the instrument, producing a melodious and serene sound. Nuwa, meanwhile, made the sheng, a 13-pipe wind instrument from the branches of bamboo and jade. This she played to match the melody of Fuxi's se. Their combined sound reached out to the heaven garnering the attention of all gods. The two deities then knelt and prayed, asking the gods of heaven for a sign of their blessing. Fuxi then said, If the gods agree to this union, let the smokes of the two separate fires that we lit become one. Let them remain separate, however, if there are objections. Immediately, the smoke from the fires joined together and drifted high up into the sky. The gods had, after all, blessed their wedding. After the festivities, Fushi and Nuwa turned their attention to the task at hand, for they were yet to create animals and humans. Nuwa began with making the animals first. On the first day, She fashioned a rooster and a hen with yellow clay. On the second, she made a pair of dogs. On the third and the fourth day emerged two boars and sheep. She then made the cow and the horse on the fifth and the sixth day. Finally, on the seventh day, Nua fashioned a man and a woman out of the yellow clay. This is why we celebrate the 7th day of the Chinese New Year as the day that humanity was created. Now in the beginning, Nua sculpted humans carefully. But eventually, she was tired. She then made a rope and dipped it in the clay. Afterward, she swung the rope in circles. And wherever the clay fell, there sprang humans. The humans who were sculpted carefully became the gifted nobility, while those that came later and were made without much care became the common folks of the world. This is how hierarchy and class system were born. Now while Nuwa is the one who created humanity, she is perhaps better known as the Repairer of Heaven. A great battle was once fought between Kong Kong, a water god, and Zhurong, a fire god. The two fought for eons, and the war was a stalemate. Humanity, as indeed all creation, suffered immensely, becoming casualties of the War of Gods. Slowly, the tides began to turn in favor of Zhurong. When Gong Gong realized that he was about to lose, he was furious. In a fit of rage, he sent a massive flood that submerged all life. He then bashed his head on the great mythical Bozu mountain. Now this mountain was one of the four pillars that supported the heavens above the earth. As Gong Gong hid the mountain, it collapsed, ripping open the sky. Heaven came crashing down on earth, which, unable to bear the weight, trembled and cracked open. This caused massive disasters as earthquakes and tsunamis plagued the world. Volcanoes erupted, burning forests and villages alike. All parts of the earth were either flooded or on fire. Moreover, from the ruptured earth, Dark and terrible creatures began to emerge, all to devour the beautiful creations of Nuwa. Now the deity had been quiet during the war, for she refused to pick sides. But she could not stand by and watch her creation be destroyed. Seeing the suffering of her children and the damage done to her home, the goddess was heartbroken she resolved to right the wrong to fix the sky and to make the earth whole again to do this she first collected the five colored stones and melted them with this molten mixture she patched the sky she then went to ao the sky turtle and pleaded for help the turtle was sagacious and wise and he In an act of selflessness, allowed Nuwa to dismember his legs. These legs were used to replace the Bozo mountain as the new pillars on which stood the heaven. The turtle's legs became the foundation on which the repaired sky rested. Now while this fixed the problem of a broken sky, Nuwa then had to deal with the creatures of the underworld. She chose to fight the devilish beings and was pitted against a monstrous dragon. After a long and a bloody battle, the serpentine Nuwa caught and killed the monster. This scared the other beasts and they retreated to the underworld. Nuwa then fixed the surface of the earth, thus preventing the creatures from coming up to the surface and attacking animals and humans ever again. Finally, she had to tackle the flood. To stop the deluge, she burned a large number of reeds and used the ashes to dry out the water. Once this was done, all her creations breathed a sigh of relief, for the broken world was fixed. Life on earth could now heal and return to normal. Those that survived the apocalyptic war went on to rebuild their lives, while being eternally thankful to Nuwa and the Sky Turtle. The deity's ordeal, however, was not complete. She realized that the sky was still not fixed. There remained a large broken patch, and the goddess did not have enough stones to cover the tear. She thus decided to sacrifice herself, and fill the remaining gap with her body. Thus, as a result of Nuwa's intervention and sacrifice, the world was saved. Humanity, and indeed all creation, could now live in peace once more. Now while Nuwa tried her best, and sacrificed herself to patch up the heaven, She was still unable to align the earth and the sky exactly as they were before the war. The earth had become slightly tilted. This is why all the rivers flow from the west to the east. That ends the tale of Nuwa. Let's now talk of Fuxi. Although he did not play a major role in creating humans and animals, the deity is credited with bringing about innovations that improved the standard and quality of our life. One popular story explains how Fuxi once noticed that humans were completely reliant on hunting wild animals for food. This meant that they ate sporadically, often fasting when the hunt was unsuccessful, When Fushi realized that most humans were starving, he was moved and felt pity on our ancestors. He thus went to a stream and caught many fish with his bare hands. These he then gave to mankind. The people were both glad and amazed to find food in the river. They beseeched the deity to teach them how to fish, which he gladly did. He took the chiefs of the villages to a nearby stream and taught them the art of catching fish with hand. Fish has, since then, played a large part in our diet. All creatures of water, however, were the subjects of the Dragon King. He is the ruler of all the oceans and the rivers. When he learned that the fish were caught and eaten by the humans, he was furious. He worried that the land dwellers would soon catch and eat all the fish, and he would be left with nothing. When the dragon king voiced his concerns to his prime minister, a tortoise, the reptile came up with a solution. He suggested that the king should meet Shi, and tell the deity that his children are not welcome to catch fish with their hands. Fuxi, of course, was disappointed to hear this, but he could not go against the ruler of the water realm. He thus reluctantly agreed. The deity, however, was adamant to offer food to humans. He spent several days finding a solution to this problem. After all, he could not let his children go hungry. One day, While Fushi was resting under a tree, he saw a spider weaving a web. Fushi watched intently as the web trapped insects very efficiently. This gave the deity an idea. He collected a bunch of wild reeds, wove them to a net, and went to the river. Once there, he cast his net, waited for a while, and hauled it back to the land. To his utter amazement and delight, he had caught a lot of fish. Excited, he ran back to the village and showed his invention to the chiefs. Soon enough, the villagers could fish and ended up catching a lot more than what they did with their bare hands. Fushi, meanwhile, kept his promise to the dragon king for no man ever caught fish with his bare hands again. The deity is also credited to have shown mankind how to domesticate animals to reduce dependence on wildlife. He realized that by keeping animals as pets, humans will have secured access to meat and dairy. Finally. He also introduced the laws and systems of governance that formed the basis of the Chinese society. He introduced currency, writing, and many traditional customs. Unsurprisingly, Fu Shi is the hero of many tales, and has played an important role in the Chinese culture. That is the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed the tales on the Chinese creation myths. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a feedback if you liked the episode. Reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram by following the handle at storiesthmdeus. Email us with feedback, questions and comments on the episodes at us at gmail.com. Help us grow the podcast by sharing it with your friends and families. I will see you again next week. Until then, goodbye.